Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, a daily podcast devoted to spirituality and self-help. If you're new, I want to welcome you. If you're returning, welcome back. So are you a stuffer? This is the topic for today. And no, I didn't say stuffy, not one of those weird people who dress up like stuffed animals, although if you're one of them, I'm sorry, I don't mean to offend you. And no, I'm not talking about a teenager who stuffs her bras, although I'm pretty sure that I used to do that when I was in eighth grade and underdeveloped. I'm talking about an emotional stuffer. This is somebody that I used to be. And no, it wasn't that I loved Oreo the double stuff, although they are pretty great. A stuffer is someone who chooses to stuff down their emotional feelings. Now this can cause a lot of problems when you stuff down your emotional feelings and this is what I used to do. I would pretend that I was okay and so something tragic might happen to me and I would say, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I have to put on a brave face and then I wouldn't deal with the emotions. And what would happen is that I would end up in the bathtub at night when it's dark and nobody's watching me sobbing my eyes out because I chose to hide my feelings and not to talk to anyone about them and not really deal with them. And there's nothing wrong with having a good cry when you're by yourself. We need that. But the problem is I wouldn't even do that sometimes. I would just hold those emotions deep down And the problem is that those don't go away. When you stuff them down, they just go deeper into your subconscious. And so one day you'll be out having an awesome time with your friends and maybe having a few cocktails and you might be triggered. Somebody might say something or something might happen and it triggers you and it triggers all of those old emotions. And what happens is you're going to ugly cry in public because you've tried to stuff down so much. You've tried to be brave. You've tried to be strong. And honestly, the strongest and bravest thing you can do is to heal all of that emotional stuff. But most of us don't like to do that. We don't want to face it. So instead, we just stuff it deep down inside. I used to watch Dane Cook this comedian and he was so funny and I remember watching him one time and he did this bit about how you know you'll be walking along and you'll be totally fine and then all of a sudden it's like the weight of the world is on your shoulders and someone says something that just adds one more thing to it and it's like you have this total and complete breakdown and of course he talked about it it was much funnier but you know you start uncontrollably sobbing and listening to sad music and turning it up and it's like oh okay I can't take it anymore you know everything is crashing down on me all at once well when you stuff your feelings that's what happens it's like it all comes out because those feelings haven't gone anywhere they're still inside you haven't acknowledged them so you haven't gotten rid of them and it's important right now especially right now as we're moving from one cycle to another, we've ended a really long cycle in our lives and now we're moving into another one. And so it's extremely important right now 
for you to deal with all of that old unresolved stuff before we move into a new cycle because you don't want to take any of that with you. And I've talked about this before. When we don't heal our stuff, we bleed all over people who didn't cut us. We're going to project those non-healed feelings onto other people. So we have to heal that stuff. I was listening to YouTube the other day, and one of the readers I was listening to was talking about Beyonce. And, you know, everybody loves Beyonce. And she was talking about how Beyonce said, I, whenever something happens to me, I don't get sad. I, I deal with it for one day. I'm sad for one day, and then I move on. And at first I was like, oh yeah, you know, I mean, we do have to go on with our lives. But then I thought about that and I thought one day, like, I don't know about you, but when we go through grief, it's a whole process. So how does that work if you deal with it in one day and then move on? So is it like at nine o'clock in the morning, you get up and you go through the shock phase. And then at 10 o'clock, you go through the Uh, anger phase, and then at 10.30, you go through denial. I mean, going through all those stages of grief, it's like, how do you process that in one day? I don't think it's possible. And I'm not trying to throw any kind of shade at Beyonce because, of course, she's amazing. But it made me wonder if she isn't a stuffer herself because how can you deal with something in a day? I don't think it works that way. I think it's like peeling back the layers of an onion. I think you have to deal with it layer by layer. And I don't know about you, but my layers don't just heal themselves in a timely manner. It's a process. It takes time. So I don't know how you can heal something in just a day. And again, no disrespect to Beyonce. Of course, she's amazing. But here's the deal. When we don't heal our inner emotional stuff, We tend to do things to fill that void where we haven't healed things. So not healing our emotional wounding can cause us to do things like we can become addicted. We can drink or do drugs or we can use food to help ourselves feel better. We can fill the void with so many different things, whether it's bad habits, procrastinating, negative thinking. Going into negative thinking is a bad habit that many of us get sucked into. So we have to really heal that stuff in order to stop ourselves from expressing and experiencing behaviors that are not healthy. You know, this reminds me of a story about my mom too. I love her to death. But when she was growing up, her parents didn't have a lot. And They weren't especially, I I have to be careful saying this, but let's say loving parents because my grandma had her first child when she was like 16 years old. So she was a child herself. And back in those days, that was pretty normal. And my grandpa worked a lot and was kind of, I think, gruff and drank himself. So he wasn't necessarily like the most comforting and loving parent to my mom. So she had a lot of emotional wounding. And the way that my mom chooses sometimes to deal with these emotions is that she, in her head, is so used to not having a lot of things growing up that she tends to like want to hold on to things. 
So like when people give things away, my mom will be like, oh, I got that for you. You know, I got this in case anybody needed it. You know, like somebody will give away like a set of dishes. It's like, I took that because I thought somebody could use it when clearly nobody wants it. Nobody's going to use it, right? In fact, the other day, she had glasses that she had taken from my grandma's house. And, you know, she said, well, I gave some to your sister and I have some for you. And I'm like, I don't have, I don't have room and I already have a set of glasses. So thank you, but no, thank you. She's like, what do you mean? These are really nice glasses. And she just kept saying like, are you sure you don't want these? And it was just making me laugh because I thought, you know, she can't understand me not taking these glasses that are free, like I'll be able to use them. And I'm trying to make her understand I have some and I don't have cabinet space. So they would, if I took them, some of the glasses, either those or ones I already have would have to be stored somewhere. And I don't have room and I, I don't want clutter. And it's like, she just could not get that. Like, what? No, you need to take these. They're nice. Yeah. I'm not saying they're not nice glasses. But to me, like her fear of always needing to make sure she has enough, that stems from a lot of emotional stuff she hasn't healed. And you may notice things like that in your life, your own life. Like if you feel like you're never going to have enough, so you feel like you have to go out and hoard things, that comes from not healing your emotional wounding. And we're seeing that so much right now. The people who are just being crazy with this pandemic. Yes, it's serious, but some people are just over the top with it. And I think it's their own inner emotional wounds showing up. It's like their fears are getting the best of them because it's not just fear. It's emotional stuff that they haven't dealt with. Those people who are going out and stockpiling toilet paper and water and all of that stuff. They have a fear that their needs are not going to be met, probably because when they were younger, their needs were not met. It makes sense that people act on their unhealed wounds, but we've got to deal with that stuff because look what's happening when people are going out and hoarding and doing all of this. The rest of us don't have enough and there should be plenty to go around, but people are so in their fears of, well, when I was little, I didn't have this. And I understand that. I totally get that. And I myself used to be the type of person who would freak out when I had to pay my bills. And I would say, oh my gosh, am I going to have enough? I'm not going to have enough. And I've totally learned to change that mindset because I always have more than enough. It's just a fear that has stemmed from feeling like we didn't have enough. And it was from growing up and having a mom who was like, we're not going to have enough. And believe me when I say that I don't blame my mom. She did what her parents did. Like we all just learn these beliefs and conditions because we do what our parents did, you know, unless we make a conscious effort not to do what our parents did. We're just going to do what they did because that's how life works. You just are falling into this pattern of behavior and you're falling into the cycle because they don't pull you aside and say, this is how you should really be raising your kids. Boy, I wish they did. They'll give you 112 classes on how to give your baby a bath, but not how to care for them emotionally. And I think that's so crazy, but it's true. But I guess that would be difficult to do because we all have different beliefs. But some sort of guidance, I think, is definitely needed. So when we don't heal that emotional stuff, we see the behaviors 
that we exhibit are being controlled by those emotional wounds that we still have. So for example, if you are addicted to something, and it doesn't have to be drugs or alcohol, but it can be, but you can be addicted to shopping, you can be addicted to negative thinking, you can be addicted to procrastinating, you can be addicted to not believing in yourself. There's so many things we can be addicted to, and usually those stem back from the emotional healing that we never did. That's why it's so important now to heal that stuff. And one of the ways that we can do that is by thinking back to what is causing this behavior. So look at the behaviors that you exhibit in your life that you want to change. Like what would you change about yourself if you could? So for me, for example, when I first started my spiritual transformation, the biggest thing I wanted to change about myself is that I used to put everyone else ahead of me. And I wanted to change that because I would feel resentful and angry. And that's one of the things we're working on in our You Are Lovable free training. And today's lesson is actually all about healing our inner child. And I did a meditation for the people in that class. And once the class is over, I'll probably post the meditation on my YouTube channel too so that you can access it. But it's so important to look at what behaviors do we want to change and to really look at what's causing those behaviors. Because it's sort of like when you have a cold, if you don't look at, do I have a virus? Do I have a this? You know, a, do I have... Oh, what's, I'm sorry, what's the word I'm looking for? Do I have a virus or do I have bacteria or do I have, what do I have? We have to look at what's causing the coughing and the runny nose and the this or the that. Because otherwise, you're just taking medicine that treats the symptom, but it's not going to get rid of what's causing it. And in the same way, if you don't look at why do I behave this way, if you try to change the behavior, you're going to have a hard time doing it because you didn't change what caused the behavior. So when we look at what really caused our deep emotional inner wounding, we can start healing that. And when you start healing that, you're going to see that a lot of these behaviors change on their own. Because in the same way, if you have the flu and your doctor gives you Tamiflu, Tamiflu doesn't treat the symptoms of the flu, but it shortens the flu. So if you take it, you may notice then that the symptoms start going away in a couple of days on their own because you treated the actual cause of the symptoms, not the symptoms themselves. In the same way, if you actually heal the deep emotional inner wounding, you're going to be treating the cause, which is then going to affect the symptoms. Does that make sense? I hope it does. So how do we start then healing our inner wounding? First of all, I think journaling is an awesome tool. I would get a journal if you don't already have one, but I know that most of you have them because you've reached out and told me that you journal. So get a journal and in your journal, I would write down, identify the behaviors that you exhibit that you don't like. And they could be people-pleasing behaviors like I always put everyone else's needs ahead of my own or I don't ever stand up to anyone because I don't want conflict. And that again is a people-pleasing behavior. And I have to tell you that these people-pleasing behaviors are just survival behaviors that you've learned from your experiences growing up. 
And that's one of the things I'm really going to dig into and look at in my course, You Are Lovable. We're going to look at why your behaviors start and how you can change them. And again, it has a lot to do with healing that inner wounding. And I know that many of you have had really rough childhoods and you're probably thinking, I don't want to go back and look at that. And I understand that. I truly, truly do. But I'm also here to tell you that until you do, you're not going to be healed. You're not going to be able to heal it. And you're going to keep exhibiting the behaviors that you don't want to exhibit. So you've got to go back and look at it, even if it is painful. And I know for most of us, we've done that whole self-protection thing where we've forgotten what happened. We just forgot about it. We buried it deep within our subconscious. But as I said earlier, it's still there and it's going to come out. And it is coming out. It's coming out in other ways in your life. You may not totally break down an ugly cry in a public place, but you're exhibiting behaviors that are based on that emotional wounding, like not standing up for yourself, not speaking your truth, being a people pleaser, putting everyone else ahead of your own self. All of those things are caused because you haven't healed that stuff. And let's face it, it's ugly and it's not fun, but it's necessary. So one of the ways that you can do that is by journaling, going in and looking at your behaviors and then thinking about why might I have behaved this way? What would have caused this? So for me, putting everyone else's needs ahead of my own stems from as a child feeling like I had to make my mom happy because she was so stressed and tired all the time and I felt bad with her being a single mom. I didn't want her to feel tired and stressed. So I tried to alleviate some of that by being the good daughter, right? By making her happy, by doing things that made her happy. And in so doing that, I took on the responsibility of her happiness. So in my life in general, I felt that other people's happiness was my responsibility. And that's why I started being a people pleaser because I didn't want to disappoint other people or make other people feel bad or sad or upset or whatever. You name the emotion. I felt responsible for that emotion. And when I finally realized that my mom's happiness, other people's happiness is not dependent on what I do or what I say or what I think or what I feel. I can't control how other people feel. I can only control myself. And when you realize that and it takes such pressure off of you, like I don't have to be worried about what other people think all of the time. That is really personal freedom and personal power. And that is something that we really need to start working on. So that's just the tip of the iceberg. You may have other behaviors. So go down and in your journal, list the behaviors that you want to change in yourself. And then think about why are you behaving this way? What could have triggered this behavior? Really dig deep and try to think about it. And when you can connect the dots like, oh, I do this because of this, then we can start looking at how can I fix that? How can I change that? And if you really, really want to truly work on it, I would highly recommend getting in on my class, You Are Lovable, because you are going to learn so much. We're going to really dig deep and work, and you're going to have two coaching sessions with me as a group 
where we can discuss your aha moments and where you'll have people that you can share with. And you know what? Some people say, well, I don't like working in a group because I'm a private person. You know what? Here's the great thing about working in a group. You realize that there are more people like you than there are not like you because you realize that, hey, other people have shared my same experience. I personally have learned that by doing this podcast. People come to me and they say, Our situations are almost identical. I didn't realize that someone else out there had experienced the same thing that I did. And it's only because I share my experiences. So when we're in a group setting, it's going to make you feel better because you're going to see other people who have experienced the same things as you. And you're going to get insight from those people. This is how I deal. This is how I cope. And you're going to feel like you're not alone, which I think is the biggest thing. I think most people feel like no one understands what I've been through because they haven't been through it. And then you learn, oh, wow, all of these people have been through what I've been through. That's how it was whenever we went to the suicide support group. You know, I hadn't known anyone who had been through suicide or was a survivor of suicide. So being in that room and hearing everyone's story made us feel like we weren't alone and it made us feel so much better. So please consider joining us in this course and for this group if you feel like this would be something that would benefit you. And if what I'm saying to you today really resonates, this course will benefit you. So check that out. And you can check it out on my website, melissaoatman.com. But you really have to heal that inner child. And as I said, I've created a meditation. I'm going to make that available to you guys once the course is over I'm giving them the first opportunity to listen to it because they've signed up for my free challenge, but I will post it to YouTube and my YouTube channel is just my name, Melissa Oatman, and you can just search for my name and find it. I have other meditations there that you can use. I plan on trying to keep that channel with full of meditations and videos just to help you because life's rough. We need some tools sometimes to help us. And the most important thing is just be patient with yourself because healing is a process. It really, really is. And it takes time. So going back to the whole Beyonce thing, I don't think that dealing with something for a day and then moving on is necessarily the best advice. Don't be a stuffer. Don't stuff your emotions deep down and say, I'll deal with it later. You deserve to take time to really heal that emotional wounding. Your inner child is counting on you to heal you. And the only way you can do that is not by ignoring, but by really diving deep and looking at yourself, which isn't always comfortable, and I get it. And you know what? We all make mistakes, and we've all made mistakes in the past. You've got to forgive yourself for those mistakes. You are just learning. I have to give myself forgiveness all the time. I did things that I'm not proud of. I wasn't always the type of mother I wished I should have been. We're learning, okay? We don't come with instruction manuals, so... This life is not always easy to navigate. You've got to give yourself some credit. You need to be patient. And you deserve the time that is spent dealing with all of the stuff that you've been avoiding. You can't avoid it any longer. 
It's going to surface at some point. You might as well deal with it and start healing it so that you can live a more peaceful life. Because once you deal with it, life does get better. Healing isn't easy necessarily, but it feels better once you do it. It really truly does. And you are worth it. You deserve the inner peace that would come from healing today. So don't wait another day. Start working on that inner healing. I wanted to pull a card for you today. And the card I pulled is from my uh, Crazy Sexy Love Notes deck by Chris Carr. And it's Decide. And for anyone who needs signs and symbols, it has feathers all over it. So if your spiritual team gives you feathers as a symbol or your departed loved ones do, this might be a sign for you. It's time to make a decision. Being on the fence drains your energy. No matter what you choose, it will be the exact right thing for your spiritual path. Channel your energy. Be decisive. Learn. Grow. Decide. I love that. You know what's another survival skill? Never making a decision because you're afraid you're going to make the wrong one. Not being confident in yourself enough to decide what you truly want and to go after it. And if that's you, if you're indecisive Ida over there, never making a decision because you're afraid you're going to be wrong, then my course, You Are Lovable, is for you. Indecision is another form of fear. It just keeps you stuck because you never do anything. You never make a decision. You might find yourself going back and forth and looking at that course online and just going and looking at it, but you never actually sign up. Or you might decide that, you know, you're going to make a change. And again, you keep going back and forth. This is what I want to do. This, But should I do it? I don't know. I don't know. And it's that I don't know factor that's keeping you stuck. Because you're not listening to your intuition. Your gut is telling you, make a choice. Do it. Just do it. And your head is telling you, don't listen. You don't know. You can't be sure. Indecision is one of the biggest killers of dreams out there. Because when we don't make a choice, we're choosing. We're just choosing not to do anything. You're making a choice. You're making a choice to stay stuck right where you are. And I don't know about you, but I didn't come here to live a meager existence, to do nothing with my life, to have nothing to show for my life. I came here to learn and to grow, and I truly believe that you all did as well. So standing there and doing nothing, it's doing nothing. You're going to have nothing. I'm not trying to be mean, and I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm trying to tell you that it's time to decide. Stop sitting on the fence because that fence is eventually going to fall over and a decision will be made for you, but it might not be the one you wanted. When we take our power back and we take control of our lives, we make our own decisions. We don't allow things to just happen to us. Part of my lesson this week for my you are lovable challenge people is taking back your personal power. It's such an important lesson and so extremely necessary. If you are one of those people, those indecisive people, it's time to start taking your power back. Get in on my course and you're going to learn that and so much more. 
and it is a deal, really, truly. My course is $100 for a two-week course where you get two online sessions with me. A normal coaching session with me is $60 for an hour. You'll get two hours plus all of the online course for $100. And if you're a member of my website, you received a free coupon code. So go check that out. All right, guys. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining me. I hope that you are making strides in your life and you are healing because that is the only way you're going to live your best life, truly. And I want each and every one of you to live your absolute best life. I love you guys and I want to thank you for supporting me. As always, the best way you can support me is by giving me recommendations, leaving reviews for me either on my website or on Facebook or where you're listening to my podcast. Please leave me a review or where you bought my book. That is like the nicest compliment you can give me. And I so thank all of you who have done that for me and know that your kindness and all of your energy that you put forth in leaving the review comes back to you tenfold. So thank you for doing that. If you would like to work with me, you can go to my website, melissaoatman.com. There you will see everything that I offer, including my courses where you can enroll today. And if you follow me on social media, I go live Mondays on at 5, used to be 5.30. It's at 6.30 now. Monday's at 6.30 Central on Facebook where I do a free card reading for you. If you can't catch me on the live, you can always watch the replay. Also, I post videos on Instagram and IGTV, so check that out as well. You can check out my YouTube channel where I post meditations and also other helpful videos. I want to thank you so much for being with me. I hope you guys have a fabulous day and that you are continuing to stay safe. I am sending you so much love and positive vibes, and I will see you here again soon. Bye, guys.